Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I am Smooth Summerland. And welcome to the relaxed and laid back program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is also still have summer fever. Who cares about school still when there's Jag Bags to listen to on a Monday night? So we're glad you're here. Here. Thanks for joining us. Studio audience is ready for podcasting excellence. The Diamond listeners have assembled en masse. They are ready. And we're so glad you're here with us. We've had a nice little uptick of listenership again. And we just want to thank everyone that tunes in. Everyone that calls themselves a Diamond listener. We see you. We appreciate you. The Planet of the Apes uh, pod. And I definitely encourage you to check that out. I would encourage you to check that out. I think you'd enjoy it if you are a fan of the movie. But even if you're like, maybe you've watched only like one or two. And you're either a casual fan or you don't know too much about that, that whole franchise in that series. I think it's very informative. It really turned out well. And, you know, our guests were terrific. And it's definitely something to check. I think even if you aren't a fan, it's it's there. You'll there's plenty in it for you to enjoy. So check that out along with all our other ones. And thanks again for uh, for tuning in. Um, Len, your thoughts on our our new found listener base or our expanding listener base or our uptick in numbers. The, the suits up in the, up on the executive suite are very pleased with us. Very pleased. Yeah, just. A reminder, if you're a new listener, we have tons of podcasts to listen to. So many. Many music ones, TV, movies, books, yeah. all sorts of it. Just go on our Jag Bags page. We've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram page. I'll give you all the information you need. And if there's something you notice that we haven't done, let us know. Definitely drop us a line. And uh, we pick it, you will get a free Jag Bags t-shirt as if it wasn't incentive enough to get our opinions on uh, pop culture topics. Um, some of our more, really quick, some of our more popular podcasts, uh, we do an Oscars podcast every year, and that always does very well. We do uh, season previews for major sports. Uh, so we do an NFL preview, we do an MLB preview, we do an NBA preview, and those are always, uh, those always get big numbers. Uh, we also do a March Madden. Lots of March Madness podcasts. And uh, so those are some of the recurring ones that we, and then our end of the year, uh, we do a lot of best of uh, podcasts as well. And we also do uh, reports from uh, illegal New Year's Eve parties that... Uh, despite my best efforts. And uh, I spend the rest of the evening really trying to kick them out. I just want to enjoy a quiet evening at home uh, watching Ryan Seacrest with my wife. And instead, I've got to deal with Tyga and his entourage, uh, Ringo Starr and uh, all of his uh, pals. Andy Avalos. Avalos is... Joel Higgins. Meryl Streep. giving Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is a handful. Yeah, she really is. Uh, Jennifer Beals to Len's consternation. Len tries to keep me away from uh Ms. Beals. Uh so uh just there's a lot uh to uh lot to listen to. So we hope you'll you'll check us out. And thanks again for uh, all the listening. Um let's move on to what promises to be an outstanding recap episode. We also do a lot of brackets. Uh they're uh set up like uh NCAA uh March Madness brackets, but instead Len picks a either a band or um uh, uh, mo- uh kind of the movie genre. 
or uh, other other topics, and uh, we have the we have brackets, and uh, we have the bracket, and uh, it's always uh, very well voted on. The last one was really good. That was fast food offerings, and that was a very popular one. And uh, we have a new bracket coming up, and we're going to talk about that for a little bit. And uh, this is pop. Uh, it's pop. It's our pop bracket. So these are the best pop songs of all times. That no, this is flavors of pop. Yes. Oh man, we thought the fast food offerings was going to be fisticuffs. You think so? You think this one will be like that? How many? Uh, how many uh, entries do you have? Sixty-four. Sixty-four kinds of pop. Yeah, that's. I would see that. I was thinking like thirty-two. Well, I started writing them down, and I, I'm like, all right, I need to put all these in here. Right. So I made it sixty-four because it had gotten over forty-eight. Forty-eight would have been my other stopping point. Mm-hmm. But once I got over forty-eight, I'm like, I gotta go sixty-four then. So is there like so pop can be? I mean, depend. We're in the Midwest, so everyone calls it pop. Mm-hmm. In the East Coast, they call it soda. Uh, in the South, they just call it Coke. You could be ordering a uh, a root beer, and they call it a Coke mm-hmm. for a reason. And I'm not sure what the West is, but um, so they only drink they only drink kombucha in the West. This is yeah kombucha. So there's all different types of like brands. Like what is considered pop? Yes. So you've like the, all the stuff that we think of when we think of soda pop, right? And then I assume you have like root beer kinds of. I have a few different root beers because mm-hmm. I felt like they taste different. Mm-hmm. So I think I have four. I think I have four different ones. What about cream soda or ginger ale? I only pick one of those for each. One cream soda, one ginger. I don't think cream soda is popular enough where you need to have more than one. Yeah. Ginger ale, maybe I could have had more than one, but I pick Canada Dry because I think that's the biggest one. There's Canada Dry. There's like Schweppes who drinks. Yeah, Schweppes. I went with Canada Dry because I think that's the most popular one. There's a third that um, it'll come to me. Uh, what about lemonade? Crystal Light, I assume is. Uh, no, no, I didn't do any lemonade. No lemonade. What about ice? No tea? carbonation. No carbonation. So it's got to be a carbonated drink. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I think they're all carbonated. Wow. Are there any brands that are like you know no longer in existence or like pretty hard to find? Like is Fago? Yeah, I I, I had to pick some of my old big spike. <laughs> ones that aren't around anymore i have a few yeah um that's interesting i'm trying to think of those that have been discontinued i wasn't as big on pop i was i was a i was basically a lemonade kool-aid drinker and uh yeah which is probably better <laughs> than so, much, that. so much healthier i was not like that <laughs> Like, that was bad. Pop from the beginning. I was bad until I was about 50 years old. And then <laughs> I'm still pretty bad. Although now I'm, I'm do kombucha, much healthier. Yeah. Much Your healthier. King Kombucha. The King Kombucha is right. Uh, so let me see if but I. Well, it's funny though that you mentioned that, like growing up. But I just remember, like, on a hot day, you really wanted a, a pop. And some of these, even some of the pops we mentioned that aren't around anymore, I remember how good they were. <laughs> Absolutely. You run around all day or all afternoon doing whatever, like whether you're at the beach or playing sports somewhere and it gets to be about middle of the day and you're just like dying. Yeah, nothing better than opening up a a Coke or Sprite or whatever. It goes down like like that and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. It really is. That's why it's harder in the summer to not want to pop all the time. Yeah. Because in my brain... drink a pop when it's hot out. Right. So I got to discipline myself. It's tough. Not going an insane pib binge every summer. <laughs> 
What is the most amount of Mr. Pib you ever drank? Do you like? No, I'm I'm fine. I don't I don't drink more than one. No, but like at your at your height, you know. No, because Pib wasn't around when I was a kid. Oh, okay. But when I was a kid, I mean, maybe not even when I was a kid. When I was older, like when you have a job and you're a teenager, I would I could drink. Um, I don't even want to know how many drink pops I drink some days. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. It was not good. It's not smart. Well, you know, you're you know when you're 16, 17, you you know. And I was skinny too, so I was just like. Bleh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about, you know, when you're 18, 19, now you're drinking a ton of beer and uh, which, which is probably worse uh, from uh, calories and then acting like an idiot uh, perspective. So um. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we give you a jag bags, the acting like an idiot perspective. We'll do the acting. You and are both well versed in acting like idiots. We should do an acting like an idiot bracket where this <laughs> things we have done god i could that could be a 256 thing bracket <laughs> uh but we digress <laughs> uh so this is set to go uh this weekend first of september yeah it'll start on friday after this podcast comes out oh no the same day the same day this podcast comes out as the as the as this recap yeah yeah good uh this will be a good preview for it uh now the number one seeds would be interest here i think two of them are pretty obvious yeah the other two let's we'll see We'll see if you get the other two. Well, I'm going Coke and Pepsi. Yes. And then I would go Diet Coke. There you go. You got three. And then for the fourth, I mean, I want to say Diet Pepsi. Um, Diet Pepsi, I put, I think, as a two. Right. Because this one came up as very popular. So that's how I got the one seed. Your fourth number one seed? Yeah. What about Mountain Dew? I think that's a two seed also. Everyone I knew drank Mountain Dew. I almost forget, forget about Mountain Dew because I haven't had Mountain Dew in forever. I used to love Mountain Dew, and then I probably drank a little too much of Mountain Dew one day and I haven't had one since. <laughs> because... Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> Yeah, tons of sugar, oh. tons of caffeine. There's, it it's just insane. Right, and if you and it drink, doesn't taste. It to me, it doesn't taste good enough to warrant that. I mean, yeah. it's okay, but if I'm gonna drink something bad for me, I'm gonna drink something that tastes better than Mountain Dew. And I don't think Mountain Dew's terrible, but it's not as good as some of the other ones. When 14 year old Mike Byer first tried Mountain Dew, I was like, "This <laughs> is the beverage I have been waiting for." <laughs> and I think months later, I was like, "I never want to drink another Mountain Dew." <laughs> <laughs> I really just cycled. I cycled right through it. <laughs> that, that was done. So Mountain Dew's a number two, and Diet Pepsi is a number two. Mm-hmm. What about Seven Up or Sprite? Seven Up is also a two. Sprite. And Sprite is not the number one. No. Huh. Uh, let's see. Think here, because that was my. Uh, um, that was my. Uh, I'm now. I'm kind of struggling here. Uh, I'm going. Oh, Dr Pepper. What about Dr Pepper? There you go. Yeah. What about like the energy drinks that you see, like Gatorade? No, no carbonation. So, so what about the like the monster, like the Red nope. Bull? Mm-mm. Red Bull even carbonated? I don't know, maybe, but I didn't put it in there. The only thing close to that that I put in there was Surge. Yeah, because that came up on a lot of lists. I'm like, all right, I'll put Surge in there. What about Monster Energy? No, I didn't put that in there. You didn't put that in there. That's oh. huge with the kids. Yeah, that might be an energy drink. What about uh, A and W root beer? Yeah, that's in there. Uh, is that like a higher seed or? Um, yeah, I give it a four. Four seed. I have A and W. I have Bargs. I oh. have I IBC, and I think I have Mug root beer. Mug root beer, yes. But four of them. You know, uh, I could have put Dad's root beer in there too, but I like I'll stop at four. Yeah. You know, uh, when uh, my daughter and um, frequent podcast guest Jesse Byer, when I dropped her off at college, they had waiting in each room for each kid uh, in the, in the dorm 
room there on the desk, they had like some coupons and then they each had a can of Starry and which yeah. could be Sierra Mist. Yeah, I replaced Sierra Mist because they realized Sierra Mist is terrible. <laughs> I hate Sierra Mist. You know how if you go to a restaurant and you order a Coke and they'll go, oh, we don't have Coke, we have Pepsi. Yeah. I'll be like, fine. Yeah, I'll have Pepsi then. <laughs> but if they go, if I ordered a 7-Up and they said, oh, we have Sierra Mist, I'd go, no. Yeah, and the Sierra Mist for whatever reason. I tried the Starry and I was like, well, it tastes like Sierra Mist. Um, what about uh, some of the, uh, now you said you had a cream soda in there? I just wrote cream soda. So just, just so not. I don't a- feel like there's a specific brand that everybody drinks that, but people do drink it enough. There's Spreckers. Have you ever had a Spreckers? Talk about sugar. Wow. No, I don't like cream soda. I'm not a cream soda. Uh, Eileen loves cream soda. Like, Yeah, it's popular enough where I felt like I had to put it in there, but I didn't put a specific brand for it. Drinks it like crazy. How about Mellow Yellow? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Had to be in there. There's a Stewart's. Stewart's makes kind of weird. Like they I do- have two or three Stewart's. I have black cherry. I have orange cream. Do I have another one? I might have one more. Grape soda? Stewart's grape soda? That was good. Mm, maybe just black cherry and orange cream. Good. Black cherry is really good. Actually, the orange is good too. Okay, what about RC? Of course. Yeah. And cherry RC. So good. What about cherry Coke? Cherry Coke, sure. Of course. Lots of Coke. Lots of Coke variants. When uh, I had to go to, this was years ago, uh, to Atlanta, I had to go there for work and we got an off day and we went to the Coca-Cola Museum and anyone listening uh, going to the Coca-Cola Museum sounds like why would I go to the Coca-Cola Museum but it's really super interesting and uh, just a a ton of information about just the company and how it came to be and the various kind of recipes and uh, brands over the years Um, I I know this is a little early this is not my plan I recommend but if you're ever in Atlanta uh, and you're not going to a Braves game or going to visit CN or walk around the Jimmy Carter library, uh, visit the Coke Museum. That, that was pretty awesome. Did they give you free samples or anything? All the time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, within within reason. Oh, yeah. What about Fanta? Did I say Fanta? Nope. I have Fanta Orange and I have Fanta Grape. Yeah, I got two Fantas. Those are good. And then, of course, Orange Crush. Yeah, Orange Crush. Any other type? Because there you could get a lot of different kind of types. Of I have uh, Grape Crush and maybe just those two. So orange said, and Grape Crush. Yeah. So we said Cherry Coke. What about Vanilla Coke? Vanilla yes. Coke. Yes. Very good. I love vanilla Coke. Um, here's a, uh, I'm going through this list of, here's one that I was like, oh my God. I, but I think I drank this a while ago. What about cheer wine? Yeah, that's in there. I liked cheer wine. It is. It's delicious. But I haven't had that in forever. Yep. That's like a fancy, that's like even <laughs> a fancy pop. We're speaking of fancy, now I'm going through this list. What about Virgil's? No, I didn't put any of that. I, I don't think people know what that is. Uh, enough people, at least. I've never had a Virgil's myself. Me neither. Me neither. So, uh, I saw that on lists, but I was like, uh, nope. Let's get into like, what about Mexican Coke? Did you put like Mexican? No, I mean, I guess I could have. That's pretty popular. I love Mexican Coke. It is good. But it's probably because it's in a bottle. Let's put it in a bottle. It's all the only time I see it because I go to Cermak here on uh, Pulaski and Diversity and Mm -hmm. they got it right by the checkout. They're very small and uh, it's all there. And I'm like, oh, I can't can't resist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Eileen likes to go to... 
uh, Whole Foods. And at Whole Foods, they have uh, a brand called Zevion. Um, and I think they have it at Jewel. I think they have Zevion at Jewel. And, but it's more, it's supposedly like healthy pop. I think it tastes, mm-hmm. you know, nothing. Uh, but do you have any Zevion in there? There's no. so much of it. Nope. No Zevion? No. Nope. LaCroix or any of these carbonated water kind of. No. Nope. Just because it has no sugar. You got to have the sugar. This isn't about water, Michael. Jeez. <laughs> Touchy. <laughs> Okay. What about squirt? Yeah, squirt's in here. Squirt's good. Verners? No, no Verners. Verners, huh? Well, I think that's about all the uh, brands that I can think of or everything else we've addressed. No lemonade, only one kind of ginger ale. Uh, no green teas or lemonades or iced teas. So this should be a good, but who, who's your, who you think is going to, is there any that I forgot that are in there? I mean, there's a lot other ones to say, but we don't have to go into it. Who's your, uh, who's your pick to win, Coke? Oh, Coke will win. But like most brackets, it's just, the fun of seeing what beats what, see what people get mad about. Yeah. Like, no, you think people are going to get mad about this one, huh? I don't know that anyone's going to get mad, but they'll they'll probably, you know, they might, you know, argue a little bit. Mm-hmm. What are some of the discontinued? You said you had a few discontinued uh, brands. Yeah. What are some of those? Um, like Cola. Like Cola. Yeah. That. yeah. Jolt. Jolt. Uh, barf. <laughs> bubble would, up. What's that? Bubble up. Oh, bubble up. More barf. I would drink bubble up oh i love bubble up bubble up's delicious do they still make fresca oh fresca i forgot about fresca do they still make it uh great question i put it in there but yeah, those are the main ones. How about a Fresca? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. up real quick, and then we'll move on to the next topic. But let's do popular brands of discontinued soda and see what pops up. Pepsi Blue. I never had Pepsi Blue. I never had that either. Uh, Lifesavers Soda. Yuck. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Sounds <laughs> horrific. Tab? Tab's in there. Here, that's a discontinued one. Tab, what a beautiful drink. Tab for beautiful people. I remember the ad for Tab where Willie Mays is playing stickball. It's a Tab. He was a spokesperson for Tab. Pepsi Blue. No idea about Pepsi Blue. You know what? You know what's a rare Pepsi one that I put in there just because I like it? <laughs> Pepsi Holiday Spice. <laughs> it was, I loved it. <laughs> and it was 2006 was when it came out. And I would walk to CVS and get it all the time until there was none left. And then it didn't come back the next year. And I was so mad. <laughs> Where is my holiday spice? I never tried that. I did. I liked it. I liked it. All right. Two more. And then I promise we'll move on. Here's the first. Slice. Remember Slice? Yeah, it was in uh, Light Call. That's right. Comes out and he's going, dude, orange slice. We got the juice. (laughs) I had to put slice. I have a couple slices in here, I think, because I had to fill it out. I wanted to get the 64. So I put lemon lime slice and I put orange slice, which was the one that they bought in Light Call. The last one is uh, New Coke. Remember the infamous... Yeah, yeah. I put New Coke in there. So yeah, there's probably at least... There's more than I thought. There's probably at least eight discontinued ones in this. Well, it should be a good bracket. You might get some... Some of the ginger ale and uh, cream soda people might uh, be like, no no brands of cream soda, just cream soda. (laughs) And I'll go, cream soda is terrible. Maybe we'll follow. We're about to find out who is a cream soda aficionado. What's what's your favorite? I don't like cream soda, but I think... What's your favorite? Pop. My favorite pop, I'll go with I'm boring. I go with Coke. Uh, I mean, I really, I mean, if I'm pressed, uh, I like you have one that's not the most popular that you like a lot. Um, that like to drink that you think is in this bracket or that you used to drink. Maybe you don't drink pop as much. I would drink Sunkiss. Um, yeah, Sunkiss is good. And I liked Fanta. I would drink a what Fanta. What about Green River? 
I that was a jag bag. That's right. Serving. Green River is delicious. You know, we didn't have that in growing up in Cleveland. There was no Green River. Or if they did, that was in the back. It was not something that uh you know you could what about Orangina? Orangina? No. No. You know what else I put in a couple of shastas. Actually three shastas. Uh that's right. Three shastas. And now and again. To be honest, in my old age, I I I mean I we joke about the crystal light, but I do on a hot day, I'm a lemonade guy. Yeah. I, I really that's my or an iced tea. Either a lemonade or an iced tea is what I is what I go for. Yeah. Just because you know the, the you know the carbonation and everything and the sugar. Although no, it's it's terrible for you. Although, you know, from a sugar perspective, lemonade is probably not much better. Uh lemonade doesn't have as much as, as pop does. Pop <laughs> the sugar's like insane. <laughs> you look at the especially like Mountain Dew. If you look on the ingredient label, it just says sugar all. I don't <laughs> all of it. All of it is in <laughs> One entire sugar cane farm went into this can. Oh my God, this twelve ounce can. Enjoy, 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 enjoy uh, not sleeping for a month. This next soda that you're about to drink is called diabetes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mountain, mountain beaties, mountain type two. Uh, yeah, yeah. it should be fun. Uh, so vote on that. That starts today if you're listening. Uh, so get over to Lens Bracket and vote immediately. And uh, let's. Uh, anything else on the pop bracket? I'm just real quick. Cherry RC, I love. <laughs> Cherry RC, that's that's your... like a sleeper that I would root for. So you're rooting for Cherry RC, and I also you, you've heard of have you heard of Red Pop? Yeah, oh yeah. I think Red Pop's terrible, but I'm like I have to put it in there. I have to. I hate Red Pop, though, and I love Pop, but that's the one Pop of no. I wonder how many Red Pop and Sierra Mist. I would I would say no to. I tell you what, I'm voting for. I mean, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Green River. I'm rooting for it. Yeah, I hope it does well, and I'm rooting for RC. Um, I'm not a bigger. I like. Like cherry RC, but I don't really like regular RC. No, I was just reading. I, I, I while you were talking, I typed in why did they discontinue Tab? And Tab was so unhealthy. <laughs> and Tab was like supposedly like. <laughs> Just calorie, like yeah. and uh, unfortunately, it caused cancer. So that's so great. You have just one calorie, but your risk of getting cancer. Yeah, it's like cyclomates or something. Yeah, and they had to discontinue it. Yeah, yeah. See, diet pop now. There was some study, like, yeah, if you drink a ton of it, it's bad for you, mm. but a ton of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I usually drink like one. I'll drink one a day. That's what you're doing during the drink. I'll drink during the week. I'll drink one diet, and then a the weekend I might, might indulge in a pib or a coke or something. Yeah, and I try to. I'm much better in the winter. <laughs> in the winter, I'm just buried in blankets. I don't want to move. But in the summer, it's sometimes hard to resist. Jessie uh, liked to, when she would go to the grocery store with Eileen, she would come back with a 12 of ginger ale. There's also uh, Seagram's ginger ale. She liked Seagram's yeah. another. So she'd like the Seagram's ginger ale or Canada Dry, depending on in yep. particular. But then she'd also get a 12 of Coke. And sometimes, not always, sometimes she would just get, and uh, Eileen would get the Zevia. But if there was Coke in the house, I'm drinking it. Normally, I'm drinking lemonade or water, but if there's a Coke there, I'm grabbing it. That's how Laura's too. She yeah. loves Coke. It, she says to not buy it, but then every once in a while she'll give in and she'll get she'll get some. Yeah. <laughs> she loves it. I feel like I'm like I'm so good. I don't get it, and that yeah. serves insidious because I go through and I'm buying all the healthy things, and then I get to the checkout counter, and there it is. It's staring me in the face. That Mexican. <laughs> 
exist. I'm like, oh, it's that's that's always the key, though. Just don't get it. Right. Don't get it. Don't it's tempt good. yourself. It's got to be not. If you see it, you want it. That's how I am, too. I'm like, just don't, don't have it. But it tastes better out of the bottle. Ugh. It does. I'm, so good in the bottle. I'm normally pretty good about, but once in a while, I'm like, oh, it's hot. I'm drinking a pop when we're done, just so you know that. I always talk about pop, but uh, never fear. I'm having, I'm, having, I'm having a... King Kombucha is here. If you want to torture me, make me drink make me drink that. Yeah, this is like no sugar. It's like drinking it's like drinking LaCroix. You might get some uh like cuz they have like flavored carbonated water. Enough. Have they gotten to you? Jeez, the blend the pure. Have they gotten to you, babe? Just tell me. They've gotten to me and I have drank the Kool-Aid as it was. <laughs> I'm busting up. I'm in busting open a pib when we're done recording this. I get some uh, Lacroix uh, diehards uh, taking you to task. Uh, you know who's going to be all over this bracket? Brian Sadorf. He would be all over this. Well, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, he'll probably complain that I don't have any peach pops. <laughs> He's the only person I know who like drinks peach juice all the time. <laughs> now that is truly barf. What's the worst? I know that like we really have talked a lot about this bracket. Like, what's the worst pop you've ever drank? Where you just go, I hate. I hate red pop. I think red pop's terrible. First, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Any kind of colored pop, I'm automatically suspicious of. Sierra Mist, I've never liked. No. Because it's partly, I think, because 7-Up's so good. Yeah. 7-Up's delicious. I don't drink, I mean, if I'm going to have a pop, I feel like I should drink 7-Up more. Sure. I would never, if they were like, you want you want a Sierra Mist or water, I'd go water. I wouldn't be tempted at all. I'm like, no, give me, give me water. I went through a phase of 7-Up or Sprite because when I got to college, you would go to the fraternity parties and my freshman year and then they banned it after that but freshman year you could get hard liquor you could go to the training parties and even though even though you were underage you know in their wisdom like that's fine give a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds uh hard liquor like vodka and gin that seems good what could go wrong um and so i was like oh maybe i'll try a gin and sprite you know it's like a gin and tonic and very cosmopolitan uh now that i'm you know here in sh- suburban chicago and i'll just be very debonair here and then you know, bleh, but uh i did go through a sprite phase i like sprite but not like i like seven up i can't even tell the difference oh seven up some i like sprite's good but seven up is seven up do you prefer so seven up versus sprite those kinds of like brand yeah and the diet thing will be interesting too because i like diet pepsi better than diet coke but i like coke regular coke better than regular pepsi me too but diet pepsi tastes way better to me than diet coke i can't drink diet drink that's like that's also barfy diet coke tastes okay to me but i think just because i've been drinking diet for a long time now for years yeah because I, I couldn't not drink pop so i'd have one diet a day just because it's like yeah. an addiction almost sure. but you know i'm pretty good about drinking usually just one but a lot of people like diet dr pepper too so i'll be curious how, how uh, those do. eileen was a big dr pepper person when we were first married she drank a lot of dr pepper yeah. and a uh, root beer too he was a diet dr pepper my, that's my dad drank ripper nonstop. yeah nonstop. it'll be interesting and jesse really if, if push came to shove she's she's a ginger ale person which i think is interesting i don't know too many people who just only like ginger ale i like ginger ale let's but, face it i like pop you just like pop you're not i mean you're like uh this is gonna be an interesting bracket this really anything else on the bracket <laughs> no i'll have an angry screed when the voting doesn't go my way oh i that's gonna be like what the hell your vote is disallowed no one can vote for red pop or sierra mist or i will burn this place down commissioner is going to step in with a heavy hand but any uh, voting does not go according to form uh right well don't forget to vote and uh let's move on to sports 
Uh, MLB, uh, Cubs solidly in second. They lose to the Brewers tonight. The Brewers are just white hot. Um, Nine in a row, I think, right? Yeah, they are. Let's hope they're peaking early. There's still plenty of uh, season left, but this is obviously a series that if you're a Cubs fan, you'd love to have. You'd love to get two out of three here. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, my friend, our friend Kevin was texting me and like, well, I don't I don't know if we can catch the Brewers, but we can't get swept by them. We got to stay in the middle of this wild card race because I don't think we can win the division. That's the main thing. Yeah. And there's, I mean, it's Arizona, Giants, Reds. Yep. The Phillies, I, I, I feel like, are pretty solidly ahead of everybody else in the wild card. Phillies seem to be. Well, there's a bunch of teams involved, so we can't, we can't have a slump. If the season ended today, it would be Phillies, Cubs, D-backs with yeah. the Giants and the Reds a game and a half, both a game and a half back, and then the Marlins struggling but still lurking at three back. So those are your teams. But then you also have stuff that the Giants and the Reds are playing each other right now. Right now, the and the Reds and the Diamond. I was watching when the Cubs-Pirates games were over. I found myself watching the Reds-Diamondbacks game because that would, you know, you go on to Hulu and that's the only game they're showing. So I'm like, well, I'll see what that's about. Those three games were all super entertaining and bat, all three games back and forth, back and forth. But yeah. Backs came out on top. So it's some good baseball going on right now. And um, and it's good, I think, to learn about each of the teams. Um, a couple uh, thoughts. First of all, uh, I saw an interview with David Ross and they asked him a question that went back to what we were talking about last week on the recap episode and all the proposed lineup changes. Len, for those of you who missed last week, we debated the lineup and we went through a lot of potential lineup changes and they were asking, uh, they asked Ross specifically about, you know, moving guys around and Ross said, we're going so well right now. I'm not going to change anything. Um, that was a, that was a direct quote and uh, so Len is right, right now, the Diamond listeners are worried because Len has just injured himself rolling his eyes and uh, shaking his head. So uh, what's your reaction to Ross? It's a direct quote. We're going so good right now. I'm not going to change a thing. I don't like it. Yeah. You got a, a good hitter batting seven. Why is Candelario batting so low? Just move up. Um, just switch, switch him and Hap. That's all. By the way, Hap has improved his on-base percentage. This was a major bone of contention last week. <laughs> and I've been watching it now, of course, because I'm competitive. <laughs> and uh, Hap has raised his on-base percentage to 360. Mm-hmm. So, and Candelario has dropped. We'll see if that continues, but that's probably because Candelario is languishing in that seventh spot. Uh, also, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Uh, I saw I saw this. I almost sent it to you, but I couldn't figure out how to share it with you and Oaken. Uh, but Hap just broke a record held by Stan Musial for most consecutive games reaching base against the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> He's from there, I think. I think Cap's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. The 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 previous record was 55. 55 straight games, usual, reach base. And that was the major league record. Hap just broke it. Wow. 56 straight. <laughs> Pirates cannot possibly keep Ian Hat off. I was roaring. And if I find a way to share it, I'm going to triumphantly. Um, okay, that's my first question. The second question is, I, I've been seeing it on the interwebs, as it were, on the Twitters and the TikToks. Uh, the question of Christopher Morell. And the question is, they, with Pete Crow Armstrong and Alexander Canario coming up strong in the minors, you're going to need spots for them. Morell's defense maybe is less than uh, all these other 
other guys that or you know the Cubs current outfield and they're going to need spots for or you need to see what Crow Armstrong and Canario can do might Morel get squeezed out and if that's the case might it be a good idea to trade Morel now because he's having such a good year defensively maybe he's not as good as all these guys that we mentioned but there's no question the guy can hit but Morel works as a DH right now but I mean DHs you can pick up but maybe you might be able to trade Morel and get somebody or you know maybe even a good prospect um what are your thoughts on Morel or keep Morel and try to develop him further and maybe make him a, a lineup fixture what are your thoughts on Morel and and and, and this trade this trade talk I wouldn't trade him you'd keep him you don't know if we're gonna keep Bellinger uh Talkman you're not sure if I mean, Talkman's been good this year but you don't know if that he's like a 32 year old guy this might have just been his one his career year yeah and I haven't seen Morel play defense enough they have really a really strong opinion on him I know Crow Crow Armstrong is this big prospect but it's it's fine having Morel as a DH or back up all these other positions because he's his versatility is uh important he's a guy that might be able that's not something everybody has he can he can play a bunch of different oh oh well Len is uh, a happy person right now as a uh attentive diamond listener just handed him his beloved Mr. Pibb uh yeah I think that that works and uh I think that um he, he, he can play he can play almost anywhere he can play the infield so no matter what you can find spots for him to play let's right. say and Crow Armstrong comes up and plays great okay he's in center field every day yeah all right but if Ballinger is gone or and that's th- our third base third base has never hasn't been solid this year yeah they've been trying a wisdom lot of- hasn't been good Madrigal's been decent but Madrigal gets hurt a lot right so I don't think I don't think trading Morel would be a good idea wisdom uh hit a did hit a home run tonight but yeah his average is 202 um and his defense hasn't been good this year. Yeah, kind he of. He was pretty good on defense previously, but this year he's, he's been shaky. He seems to, yeah, he might be another one whose time has, has run out here. Um, hard to uh, hard to know for sure. Uh, last question. Uh, do you anticipate that the Cubs will open up the bank vaults for Bellinger and hand him a blank checkbook and just be like, be our guy? Or are they content to- I think there's still a month left. Mm-hmm. If Bellinger stays hot and the Cubs make the playoffs or, you know, even the Cubs win win a series or two they might give them whatever because there'd be so much pressure on them to resign them yeah but bellinger might not want to sign with them bellinger might have his uh, bellinger's basically saying i'm gonna be looking at a lot of offers he basically said that yeah so even if the cubs want them they might not get them sure yeah I mean, bellinger he bet on himself and it's really paying off so why wouldn't he try to see how far it could go and get the best deal he can possibly get for himself he's earned it he's earned it for sure mm-hmm. uh anything else on the cubs that is all I had with my. Well, the season's gonna depend. <laughs> the optimist side of the cub for the Cubs is their hitting's been so timely yep. in the past few months. If that continues, we'll make the playoffs. But the flip side is our pitching's been too shaky. Like tonight, Tyon had another bad game. Yeah, he's the guy we gave all this money to, and he's been bad all year. True. And Smiley has not pitched well. No. And you're depending on Steele, Assad. Thank God for Assad. That's been good. Great. If he didn't. If he didn't pitch well, we'd be we'd be in trouble. Yep. And and Hendricks. Yeah. And the bullpen is good, but they admitted the bullpen is tired. They even admitted.
did that recently. How long can you keep going to that well? If every game is one run, eventually your your bullpen's going to start breaking down. If right. every time these guys come in, they're in a close game. That And Fulmer, they put Fulmer, Fulmer on the DL. And Fulmer's been pretty good in the right. second half. Right. So that hurts also. So it's going to be it's going to be stressful. Hopefully we can get at least one win in this Brewer series. I mean, I would prefer two. Just don't don't start digging holes because too many tough teams come up. We gotta we gotta stay relatively hot to make the playoffs. What was uh, a potential uh, wild card in that is Wicks, who booked- oh yeah, he had a nice game. Mm-hmm. So he might be a uh, kind of a late season. That'd be so great if he could step in and and, fill- and make up for Smiley and Tyon not pitching well. Fill that it would be gigantic. The other question is, okay, where did I see? But I'm looking and I don't see it. Didn't the Cubs also call up Egan Thompson? Yeah, he pitched great. He yeah. pitched. I mean, they were up. They were killing the Pirates yesterday. He pitched two innings and struck out five. So that would be a huge addition. And he was great last year. Yeah, he was. That's true. I forgot about him too. So yeah, there's there's some there's some room for optimism. Yeah, if it depends on if these guys <clears throat> shake out and keep going well. <clears throat> uh, okay, I don't have anything else. What about the Guardians? Anything? Uh, I mean, right now it's uh, they lost tonight to the Twins. I was hoping. I was like, you know, hoping against hope. The they they came into this six back, and so hey, if they sweep, they're only three back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pitching has failed. I think. I think right now you're in a position where um, you know you're going to have to start thinking about shutting these rookies down. You do not want to overwork them. Yeah. Now you're looking at. I mean, not you know, not like retreads, but they're they're treading lightly on here, um, and they're definitely giving lots of playing time to guys like Arias. He's gonna. He's been playing every day at shortstop. They're taking a long look at. Uh, they've called up Oscar Gonzalez again, the hero of last year's playoffs. <clears throat> so um, you know they're giving him another shot. Uh, Will Brennan is a guy that they had high hopes for. They uh, have been basically putting him out there every day, and uh, I think the reaction is pretty meh uh, right now. Uh, Bo Naylor, so Josh Naylor's brother, Bo, uh, is they're they're having him pretty much be the everyday catcher, and so that's going kind of predictably. He shows flashes, but overall he's hitting 204. They just, they can't hit, is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're just kind of watching. I think Quan is starting to slump a little bit. Uh, Jimenez has had a, Jimenez was top 10 in MVP voting last year. He's had a terrible season. There's no two ways about it. He's been bad. Jimenez was a guy that I was like, all right, this guy can hit 300. He can hit 20 home runs. He can drive in 85, 90 runs and just be a guy that you can count on. And he has been just no good. Um, he's hitting 230 and and they gave him that big contract. His on-base percentage is abysmal. And uh, he has a grand total of 48 RBIs. And here we are almost September. Massive disappointment. Yeah. Um, on the plus side, this Bybee, Tanner Bybee has been just fantastic. Just Yeah, I saw you pitch well the other day. Just tremendous. So, you know, at this point, keep rolling these guys out. Let's see, let them play every day and let's see what we've got. You know, a lot of people are ready to give up on Mr. SpongeBob, man. Gonzalez, he still looks like he's guessing. I thought he was guessing a ton last year, but was it was working out. Still seems a little lost, but uh, does not seem to be coming through. Um, the book may be out on him a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, and Ramirez has been terrific, but he has no production or no protection. So it's just him and a bunch of guys you don't hit. So how good can your stats really be? Yeah. With all of this, there's still like seven back. I mean, I think the division's done. And, and the other rumor is Will Francona 
and retire, but more to come. And the White Sox, uh, what's your take on the shooting thing? Jesus, God. This is what I don't get. So when I heard about it, I thought maybe somebody shot from outside the right. stadium. But now they're saying it happened in the stadium. But they're thinking now. So I'm like, how did someone shoot somebody in the stadium and nobody saw it? What the, we what? don't want to about. First of all, like we go, I've been to a Sox game this year, but when we went to the Cubs game, they have this these new security things and they're not really checking to. You can just walk through. Yeah. Um, so there might have been a glitch mm-hmm. and, you know, but that's but why sp- did nobody see it? Why would, why is this a, how is this a mystery? How did this happen? The only thing I can think of, and I probably read too many, you know, I probably watched, you know, Black Sunday with Bruce Dern a little too much and all kinds of like movies. Mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, the only thing, because if you, did you watch that video? No. So I, I read, there was a Sun-Times article on the this whole thing. For those of you who don't know, two people were shot and there was no fight. There was no, dis- even a dispute. Everyone was sitting there watching the game and all of a sudden two people slump over and they had been shot and they had bullets wounds. One was a scratch. She didn't even go to the hospital. The other mm-hmm. got shot in the like stomach or the head and they had to take her to the hospital. But no one could figure out who or where because nobody even saw a gun. No one even has a, a, a weapon. And so like you were saying, Len, because this would be, this wouldn't be the first time that morons outside of guaranteed rate field are waving a gun and firing it and it goes into the stadium. Mm-hmm. But now, but so what's different about what happened a few days ago is that Chicago police believe that the shooting came from inside the stadium, which is super mysterious. So my own theory was like, do you have a sniper? Some jerk that's sitting in the upper deck? And I still think people would have seen the trajectory or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that could have happened. Hear me out on this. Somebody's sitting in front of them, has it in their back pocket and falls out. And it was like an accident. Happens that quick. They just grab it and, and walk out of the aisle like nothing happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, quick grab the gun and sneak out. That's a possibility. Yeah. And didn't want to get in trouble. It's, yeah. It's just, it's just strange. Very strange. It really makes more sense that your theory. Because yeah, nobody would notice that if it was that quick and it was right by them. Yeah. Who knows? It's it's still weird. Whatever. Whatever they find out. Still bad that like some, yeah, that uh, doesn't make you feel good about going to any sporting event. No. Knowing that uh, it seems to be a little, bit, a, little, a little bit pretty, a little bit easy to get a gun in, carry a gun inside to a sporting event. Great. Yeah. Anyway, well, now that we're third, okay. third. I, I wanted to talk about the Orioles. Oh, yeah, the Orioles. Have you seen them play at all? Uh, I've not seen them play. Only just followed them. I've not watched a game. And the reason I wanted to was because they're playing the Sox. And I looked at their starting pitchers for the series. None of them have good stats. And they have the best, I think they have the best record. Now. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's not particularly close either. Well, no, they're two and a half up on Tampa. But Tampa is their uh, closest uh, competitor. So they must be winning with hitting in defense. Because mm-hmm. I was like, all right, three starters, none of them are good. <laughs> and they're in first place. And they're the best They're the best record now. That's why I was asking if you've seen them play. But then I was reading up on them, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they have the hitting and the defense. Their catcher is phenomenal. Dutchman. They said that they think he could have played in the majors. He could have been a great catcher in the majors when he was a freshman in college. He could have just showed up, and that's how good he is. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just catching, the actual physical catching. It's how he calls the game, too. Which is he has, he has that ability to get the pitchers to trust him right away. Yeah. Not only that, but... I'm like, how, how, if they don't have this good pitching, though, I don't know if that's going to, that bodes well for success in the postseason for them. And that's kind of what I'm thinking with the Cubs, too, is you just need that one scary starter, too. That always helps. That one guy that the other team's like, ah, this is going to be a rough one. But they don't have, I don't think they have that. And I, and I know the Cubs don't either. I mean, 
mean, Steele's been good, but I don't think he's intimidating. Like a Scherzer or a Verlander yeah. or how Pedro Martinez was or yeah. that kind of guy. Well, those but, guys. But things are, things are working really well for them. That's that's why I was curious about them. I don't even know. Uh, like, I'm trying to find, like, team statistics that would show you, like, how the Orioles rank hitting-wise, you know, with all the other teams in 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 baseball but i haven't i haven't figured out how to look up a team statistics so maybe when we get we can do it next week that's a topic for next week yep in the in the meantime i gotta like familiarize myself with the the orioles and beyond edley richmond because i'm looking at this uh roster and i'm like hmm anthony santander don't know him gunner henderson don't know him austin hayes don't know him i i read something about gunner henderson today and <laughs> He says people always ask him about his name. And he goes, my mom and dad just decided that was my name in the delivery room. Gunner. He looks like a gunner. Oh, he came out and he was like, gunner. Gunner. There you go. Thank God. You imagine gunner buyer. Oh. <laughs> good thanks mom and dad yeah anything else on uh oh, that's it MLB. What about the sky well kind of a good news bad news thing with them so they had to win yesterday had to yeah. and they they pulled it out they were down 13 at one point against seattle who's not a good team no but the sky to their credit came back and won elizabeth williams played great yeah she had career high in points 23 points she's been their best player this past month and they they just did everything they needed to get this win and then they played the Sparks next and the Sparks are a team that's ahead of them yeah they're a game and a half ahead of them but the problem is even if they win the Sparks has the tiebreakers right now so the Sky they really got to beat a good team and hope the Sparks lose to uh, Seattle or because I think Sparks play Seattle twice so they're gonna they're gonna need some help and they're also gonna have to beat Connecticut or the Liberty if they want to get in the playoffs this year yeah um, and that's a tall order it is it's but I, I was happy with how they played though so they haven't given up they're still they're still trying to get there they showed a little fight yeah they showed a fight so probably won yeah I mean even if they get in they're gonna they're gonna lose in the first round anyways at this point yeah and also of interest the Liberty beat the Aces again today yeah, the Aces might be you wonder if they're like petering out well they they lost to the Liberty I think a couple times then they beat the Liberty then the Liberty came out and beat them today and they're really having a hard time with Ionescu Ionescu is the one who's had two good games against them. And, and Vandersloot. Vandersloot's been playing well against them. And let's see, I think there's the f- maybe five games left. But the Liberty, Liberty has seven losses and Vegas has six. So they could, they could overtake them. And Vandersloot had 17 points, 10 assists. So they, uh, oh, <laughs> I think um, I think Vanderslu got fouled kind of hard by Stewart. So Ooh. I mean, not by Stewart, by Wilson. So I might be, I might have some words for her. <laughs> oh no! But I, I love that it's tightening up. So it just makes it even more fun to watch them come at it in the playoffs. Sometimes uh, teams that start out, although in basketball, if you're like dominant early, you never hear of like teams fading down the stretch. Maybe you do. I don't know. You wonder if like they- the, the sky last year, I think were kind of like that because they played they played really well at the beginning of the season and they they, they ended up fading a little bit because they lost a one seed to the aces you wonder only by like a game or two but the sky were the sky were probably the best team in the first half 
and then they they ended up losing the Connecticut in the playoffs last year. And I thought they should have been able to beat Connecticut. And and the Aces won last year. There's always that. There's just something about it, repeating's always hard in any sport these days. Yeah, it is. But I mean, the Liberty are loaded too, though. They got Inescu, Stewart, Jones, Andersloot. They yeah. got Johansson, the sub. She comes off the bench. I think she was she had three threes today. She doesn't play a lot of minutes, but really good shooter. And their fifth starter, who people don't talk about, I think she had twenty tonight. So they're 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 playing really well it's going to be uh an interesting playoffs because i guess the question is are the aces just bored and tired or is there something deeper happening time will tell well chelsea gray and kelsey plum both had terrible shooting games tonight right but kelsey plum's kind of like that she gets hot and cold but chelsea gray's usually always good and she was three for 13 if it's liberty versus the aces who are you rooting for i'll be rooting for the vander suits i ask <laughs> Vanderslip was she was seven for twelve shooting too. Yeah, she's a winner. I mean, I all the games they played against the Aces, I feel like they do a good job on Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart has not played that well against the Aces, but they have a hard time with the guards. Johan, yeah, Johannes was three for three. She made two threes, played fourteen minutes. Ionesco had five threes, and she made half of them. Five for ten on threes. It's like Jackie Young and Plum are not getting the job done defensively because it seems like I don't obviously didn't watch the game, but Vanderslip's a great point guard, and maybe she. She's just figuring figuring out because they played them enough now. She's just figuring out where their weaknesses are. Laney, Laney's their fifth starter. She had 17. She didn't have 20. She had 17. Though. That's, that's when your fifth best starter scores 17. You're in pretty good shape. Yeah, you are. You are. Well, we're coming down to the end of the season, so yeah. we will see. Right. I recommend. You want to start, Pete? Yes, I'll start. So I my I recommend is kind of a so it's a dark horse, and uh, I uh, at first uh, it's a television series on Netflix, and it's called Fit. Have you heard of Fisk? It's not the story of uh, the White Sox catcher. (laughs) Oh, um, Fisk is, uh, it's an Australian comedy and it debuted at the beginning of this month. And right now it's, uh, on the top 10 TV show list. And so Eileen started to watch it and I was, at first I was like, eh, it's a comedy. It's a half hour sitcom kind of thing. And at first I was kind of like, eh, this is, but the more I watched it, uh, it's very charming. And, uh, with some big, uh, more, most of it is like smiling. Like that's funny. It's very gentle, good comedy and then uh some of it i was laugh i the more i watched it the more i started laughing um and uh basically it's about um fisk is a um she used to it's australian so she used to practice law she's a lawyer at a big time law firm in sydney australia but her husband ran off with a uh (laughs) with a senior citizen (laughs) yeah so she uh moves to back to her hometown of melbourne and her life is very unsettled. She lives in an Airbnb. And so she is referred to a small suburban like real estate, not real estate, but like estate law. And uh, and so she just starts anew there. And uh, so the cast of characters is very quirky, very odd. Um, and uh, the more I watched it, the more I enjoyed it. And uh, some good lines. The acting's great. The humor is very dry, but I was definitely um, sucked in. She wears nothing but brown baggy suits to the office. That's all she wears. And her boss was like, what is with the drab? And she's like, well, I just, ha- I have three different types of this. And, uh, and she's like, wear something else. And the outfits <laughs> that she wears instead are a riot. And they're like, go back to the brown. <laughs> and, uh, and then the boss like, I can't stand it. Wear something else. And then she comes in up with something ridiculous. <laughs> 
so funny. And uh, and that's just kind of the humor that it is. So there's nothing risque or, you know, raunchy. Uh, the Airbnb owners are like also in their 70s and they're clueless about Alexa and texting. And it's a riot when they try to communicate with her. So jokes like that. Fisk on Netflix. Um, and uh, it's something when you need to turn off your mind and enjoy. And it really sneaks up on you. I like that. Yeah. All right. I have two. I'll start with the one that might be hard to find now. So I went to see Jurassic Park in 3D yesterday mm. with Henry. And I'm looking, I was kind of trying to look ahead to the next weekend because this won't come out till Friday. And you might be able to find it still. It was well worth the money. We only spent $4 because it was $4 movie day. And I liked Jurassic Park when I saw it 30 years ago. I loved it yesterday because the 3D was incredible. Like Samuel L. Jackson was in my lap basically at one point. Dinosaurs, all the all that stuff holds up. This great view. There's like a scene at the very end where it's like a waterfall. And I even like tapped Henry and said, that is very cool. And it's just a waterfall, but it looked great. And I felt like the 3D made it even more suspenseful, like anticipating when the dinosaurs are going to jump out. And, huh. and I, I told Kevin, who's a big Jurassic Park fan, I texted him. I said, I liked it better, I think, than when I first saw it. And I liked it when I first saw it. Yeah. But it, it enhanced the experience for me. Hmm. So I think you might be able to find it just kind of scattered around, not in a lot of theaters, but if you really want to see it, if you're a big Jurassic Park fan, I would recommend that. I also have a second I recommend. I talked about this last week. I'm in major book mode because I got to turn in my top 10 list for the year. Right. So I read a book. I read almost all of it today. I finished it today. And it's a shorter book. It's only about 190 pages. It's called I Am Homeless If This Is Not My Home. And it's Lori Moore. Have you ever heard of Lori Moore? No. She's a pretty popular short story writer mainly. This is her first novel in like 10 years. And the basic plot is there's a guy named Finn and he's visiting his brother who's dying of cancer in a hospice. And then they're also talking about his, he finds out that his ex-girlfriend killed herself. Hmm. But it turns into almost like this zombie road trip movie because he goes to see where she's supposedly buried and she's standing there. And it just kind of takes off from there. And it's it's really good. I read it really fast. It's kind of funny. It's kind of, I mean, it, there's a heaviness too while still being funny. Okay. It's talking about life and the dialogue's really good and unexpected. Hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. It's called I Am Homeless If This Is Not My Home by Lori Moore. It'll definitely be in my top 10 list at the end of the year. I, uh, our uh, football insider, uh, Matt Byer, uh, who was uh, uh, guesting on our upcoming NFL preview, he's a huge Anchorman fan and I uh, sent him the kind of a big deal recommendation. So yeah, got it on his list. So yeah, that was a good one too. Now the two top 10 books of the year so far. You know what I'm reading right now is hopefully I'm going to finish this tomorrow. Another one I'm reading, I just started it, which is probably up your alley, is it's about a guy who he gets a job, pays $100 a week in 1994 at a minor league uh, baseball team. And I like it already. Supposedly there's a big mascot fight at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a feeling that that might be one of my I recommends next week. I have a one book question for you. Mm -hmm. um, is, uh, you know, the movie, we talked about the movie Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. which is based on the book, I think it's called Prometheus or something. Modern Prometheus. Modern Prometheus. Is that a, is that a big seller? It's selling like crazy. Really? It was selling before the movie even came out. So everyone was All getting year. And it. And now it's nonstop. The charts. Yeah. yeah it's and it's, it's, it'll probably keep selling for another year for sure. Cause I'm sure it's going to get nominated for 
Oscars. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's great when we have something like that. Yeah, that is good. Uh, it benefits everyone. Uh, all right. Any other book? That's it. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there while I'm thinking about it. Any of you listeners out there that are big readers, I think what we're going to try to do this year for our best of is do a separate book podcast. We usually do it with movies and TV shows, but my idea for this year is do a separate book one and get impact. I mean, uh, get lists from you guys. They don't have to be books read this year, but what did you read this year? What are your favorite books you read this year? doesn't matter when they came out because I know a lot of readers, people who listen to this podcast, I think it'd be fun just to get like a all sorts, all sorts of different books just to give everyone recommendations. Absolutely. Because I'll have my top 10 and then anyone else that wants to contribute will mention you if you want to give us a list. I think that'd be a really fun thing to do. Books that you're reading that... Uh, that uh... Basically just t- 2023, any book though. It could be, you could have read a classic this year that you really like. It'd be fun to hear from everybody. I will not have Zen and the Art of Motorcycle <laughs> this year, although I'm, I am thinking about hate reading it again. <laughs> Uh, that'll be good. So put that, uh, send that to us on either um, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, however you follow Jagbag. Send us a note and we'll put that into uh, a best of 2023, what we're reading right now kind of list. And that will be, and that will be fun. Definitely look, definitely look for that in the next coming few weeks. Well, it'll be January still. Or January. There you go. We'll do it with our best of. No, oh, we'll do it with the best Like of. my favorite books, your favorite books of the year. And then anyone else that wants to chime in. Excellent. We'll mention, we'll mention them. Um, so send us your notes between now. Send us your nominations between now and the end of the year. Okay. Ready for Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all time? Here we go. I've gotten notes from Frank Ocean that say, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> So, Mr. Ocean, message received. Uh, your album number 79 is not top 100 or 200 or 300 or 400. It, it doesn't belong. And we're just going to move on. Um <laughs> all the Frank Ocean fans out there and to Mr. Ocean himself, I owe the Diamond listeners my honesty. Um, yeah, uh, number 79. This album was put out in 2016 and uh, it is incredibly bland. Uh, nice harmonies, but the music is just, it's bland. Bland. I'll have to say. Let's move on. Sorry, Frank. Sorry, Frank fans. Uh, album number 78. This is a classic. Elvis Presley, The Sun Sessions. And now, there the, the album that I like is is uh, Sunrise, which I think was put out um, probably uh, about 10, 15 years ago. But I think the Sun Sessions, this was put out while while Elvis was still alive. And it's basically everything that he recorded for Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee. Tennessee. And Grail Marcus, um, who is a famous rock critic, he wrote a series of articles for Rolling Stone, and which he later turned into a book called Mystery Train, which basically said these songs are the beginning they are the this is the uh the big bang the atomic explosion this changed everything and uh, the essays if you haven't read the book mystery train by grail marcus he also wrote dead elvis um huge elvis fan and mystery train there's a lot he writes about a lot of artists he writes about uh the band he writes about
about Sly and the Family Stone. And uh, the final essay is Elvis, and it's really good. And um, so the Sun Sessions is what he's writing about. And what I like about the Sun Sessions, if you listen to it, you're like, this is really, it sounded old back in the 70s. Now it sounds like ancient. But if you care to go backwards in any music that was popular before Elvis came along, um, you know, the, the Sun Sessions sound incredibly uh, vibrant and new. And you can also see where, you know, how everyone from Buddy Holly to the Beatles to Eric Clapton to Jeff, but to anyone uh, was listening and was like, wow, their imagination was fired and and uh, and they took it into rock and roll. But it all starts here. And I think you have to include it. I think that it's incredibly dated. And I think that like a teenager today would be like, what is this? What am I listening to? But um, I think for us oldsters, it more than holds up. And it's a valuable kind of piece of history. Um, so I think it belongs in terms of its influence. You know, maybe 78 is about right. You could argue that it is higher just because it pretty much started the whole thing. Or um, I don't want to say that it started the whole thing because that's not accurate, but it popularized. It, it showed that there was an audience. And I think that is what the Sun Sessions really show. He didn't invent anything. He was just, he was a truck driver who was like, yeah, these are songs I like. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really good, especially if you were a music nerd and you like Elvis. This is him, you know, just trying to make it in the business. So it's Elvis says you may not remember him. The Sun Session. Uh, next album, 77. Who's Next uh, by The Who. This is a giant slab of, of rock greatness. This uh, To me, this album is pretty unassailable. To me, there's no bad songs on here. To me, this is The Who's best album. It's pretty obvious. I, mean, yeah, I think, I agree. I I think agree. they're bestseller. Yeah. And so a lot of people say, well, maybe it's The Who's sellout or maybe it's Tommy or maybe it's... No, don't overthink it. This is their best album and it's, and it's awesome. And I think the reason that it's awesome is because it just, it, it's so powerful and it just, it just really grabs you with, you know, his guitars and and the songwriting and the melodies and all that. The Who were a great band. The, this is their, their best album. So I think 77 is about right. I might put it a little higher. Um, yeah, I'd put it higher. Um, it, it definitely, very, very high on my list. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, album 76, Curtis Mayfield, Superfly. This is absolutely a top 100 album. I love this soundtrack. And it was, it's the soundtrack from the movie uh, Superfly. And it's just, not only is the music great, but the lyrics are incredible. Uh, just they are, you know, purely of the times, but yet timeless. Um, just talking about the impact that drugs were having in urban environments and on a community and how, you know, most like bl black exploitation movies, you know, might have glamorized it a little kind of turned in like cops and robbers but Superfly was showing like the human cost of it you know songs like Pusher Man and Freddy's Dead I mean these are like really um, I mean these are really like lyrics with very sad uh, and or bleak lyrics and then the super track and then the uh, the title track Superfly is also <clears throat> outstanding yeah. so um, if you don't uh, have this album get it and uh, especially if you are a Curtis Mayfield fan and but for some mysterious reason don't know Superfly <clears throat> <clears throat> this is his best work, I think. So I think it definitely belongs. And it might even be, should be ranked higher. Uh, the last album is the album Lady Soul by uh, Aretha Franklin. And uh, <clears throat> what 
I really like about this record, um, and I think I talked about the album Muscle Shoals or the documentary Muscle Shoals mm-hmm. on an earlier I recommend. And, you know, albums like these, they, what I liked is that these Muscle Shoal musicians and the producers, they're like, Aretha Franklin walked in and they're like, she's got an unbelievable voice. But what, how do you use it? How do you unleash what she has to make music that is worthy of her abilities? And just how they basically, like, they didn't write anything down. They just kind of like, they had an idea for a song and then just worked it. And she would sit at the piano and, you know, play and they would try to, and they would try to follow her. And, uh, and that was, you know, they kind of followed her lead instead of telling her what to do. And that was the key to it and really unleashed her artistry. So this album's great. This has um, <clears throat> Chain of Fools, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. She has a version of Groovin', The Rascals Hit, Ain't No Way. Great songs, great album. I would say this belongs in the top 100. It's it's one of her all-time best. So those are my five for the week. We are next week, and, and this kicks off the top 75, top wow. 75 albums. So we're really... <laughs> Really chugging on now. By 2024, we'll be done. Yeah, I'll, amazing. Nothing else to do. Maybe amazing. I'll do 500 movies of all time. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Moving on to Len's favorite 500, where this is from Len's personal collection. He's going through his own favorite 500 albums, and the, they don't. Not, and the choices are not only for my reaction, but also compared to the reaction of the Dean of American Music Critics, Mr. Bobby Criscow. You know what? What's interesting about this week? No Criscow reviews. That's weird. Okay. Well, partly it's like none of these albums I was able to, except for maybe the final one, I was able to dig out a lot. Of information about. that's interesting well interest that was kind of interesting about this this group of them first Johnny, one is Johnny obscure number 275 and they're I didn't think they were obscure 275 leap of faith Kenny Loggins yes done right Loggins 1991 one with the earth with the sky one with everything in life I believe it will start with the conviction of the heart that song is conviction of the heart Al Gore called it unofficial anthem of the environmental movement. <laughs> 1991. Also has the real thing. If you believe, I would do anything. But I don't think any any of these charted in top 40, which surprised me because I know I heard these songs on the radio. But maybe it was more of a adult contemporary kind of thing. Yeah, it was only played on certain stations. It wasn't. But yeah, I, I was surprised by that. I was like, oh wow, he didn't even really have a big hit off of this. And he he pulled out the stars with him too. He had Cheryl Crow. Although this might have been before Cheryl Crow was famous. Cheryl Crow. Smokey Robinson, Michael McDonald, and Mavis Staple are all on this with them. Yeah. And I guess eventually it sold 500,000, which I think makes it a gold album. And it definitely got airplayed, but I was like, wow, Kenny didn't really, <laughs> this didn't have the impact I thought it did, but I love it. I had a cassette and I used to play it all the time. Because this was after all the 80s hits. So this album came out in 91. Yeah, 91. So yeah, it was after his peak, basically. And But these are like rousing songs. You could hear them, you could hear them playing to like a full crowd at the United Center and this kind of stuff especially mm. like Conviction of Heart and uh, I don't know any of those titles that you mentioned I, I, yeah I mean I guess I, I just was one I really liked and yeah. I maybe that's why I, I liked it so much I thought everybody else did yeah give it a listen Beef. let me know what you think I will I will yeah Chris Gow but I think if you're a Kenny Loggins fan you'll like this I like Kenny Loggins yeah um, Chris Gow is not a Loggins fan I looked oh, at the review I, I didn't expect him to <laughs> two Loggins albums and gave them both C pluses. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, anthems is what I'd say. There's some anthems on here. Nice. I'll check it out. Right. Next one. I know you know about this one. This is Secret Samadhi by Lies from 1997. If I was half alive and you were dead, subsisting on that same old bread, it's the memory that hides the whole wide world. It's the gas heads love of America. That's gas head goes west. Uh, and also it's freaks turn my head, rattlesnake, Lakini's juice, which was a top 40 hit. It's their fourth album. And this was, this was like their follow-up to Throwing Copper, which was gigantic. But this did super, this did super well too. Double platinum, number one on the charts, number 42 for the year. But my question for you, I know you liked them. I, I remember you playing them back then on a jukebox. Do you remember that? Yes. And do you feel like they're kind of considered like Creed now? Like their reputation is not what it used to be? Yeah, I definitely agree there. It's But Creed, I felt like Creed... Creed is... Creed's yeah. reputation more got ruined because their lead singer was such an ass. Yeah, they're not the punchline that Creed has become. But I feel like they're, they're considering how big they were, their reputation's not what it should be. Because this, I think this album's really good. I think Throwing Copper is really good. I think the album before Throwing Copper is good. But then they kind of lost me on the next album because I remember <laughs> first song off their next album was When the Dolphins Cry or something. I was like, oh no, I was done with them. Once that came out, I was like, no. You've gone too far. I think you're in love with your lyrics now. And that rock about crying dolphins. Yeah. Not but that. this, like I said, this is good. Throwing Copper's up even higher on my list, so we'll talk about that when this comes out. Okay. But that's but that's the type of thing I was thinking about when I'm listening to this. I, I Like have... they've almost been put on the scrap heap with Creed. Right. I, um, I have to say that I never, it's not that I never got into live, although I didn't. I just never knew about them. I'm mm-hmm. sure I've heard their songs on the radio because I've definitely heard of them, but they were never a band that I got into. Mm. Give this album a listen. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll recognize you'll recognize a couple of songs for sure. The '90s uh, for me, like I missed a lot of the popular bands. I really did. Just throw it out. Yeah, I mean, that album, both both those albums were huge. Yeah, and they were considered alternative. But when you consider something alternative, and then it sells a billion copies, it doesn't really feel alternative anymore. Because that's where they got played on the most was Q101, the alternative station. But oh. then you get huge, and then people are like, oh, they're not alternative anymore because people like them. makes sense yeah <laughs> so all right, the next one, we we talked about him. He passed away this year. This is the complete greatest hits, Gordon Lightfoot. Outstanding. I can see her lying back in her satin dress in a room where you do what you don't confess. Sundown, you better take care. If I find you've been creeping around my back stairs. What a great opening lyric that is. Oof. Such a great song. Yeah. And this one, this one has the big hits. I have two two of his greatest hits. One is songs I'd never heard. It's called Greatest Hits. It's all like, well, I don't know any these songs but this one's got sundown if you could read my mind carefree highway wreck of the edmunds fitzgerald but it also has stuff like for loving me early morning rain two summer songs. summer side of life what those two songs um for loving me and early morning rain were both covered by elvis i believe oh really yeah yeah summer side of life's a great song i remember when i bought this cd i was like this song rules this song should have been should have nope. been a big hit it wasn't a big hit yeah he well he did he had four top 10 hits in America. If I could read your mind, Carefree Highway, and Rekka Edmonds Fitzgerald, and Sundown was his one number one hit in, in the U.S. And Edmund Fitzgerald was close. It was number two. Yeah. Sundown is about uh, Kathy Evelyn Smith who was... Yeah, we talked about it because we've we've talked about Lightfoot a couple times. Yeah. We talked about him when he passed away and we talked about him because me and you both watched the documentary. Which was excellent. But that's yeah, that's a, such a fantastic song. I um, I've really gotten into 
him since uh, not only is the greatest hits because there's Gord's Gold. Yeah, Gordy's Gold pretty much has almost everything that's on here. So that's a different kind of greatest hits kind of package. Yeah, it's almost the same thing though because when I was loading this up on Spotify, for those of you who listen, I have a playlist on my Spotify username Lenfoot all lowercase, hmm. and I add the five albums I talk about to that playlist each week. So for this one, they don't have this specific CD on Spotify, but they have all the songs, and most of them are on Gordy's Gold. Um, if you like Gord's Gold, anyone not out there, and you like his greatest hits package, his albums, one is called Sundown, uh, and I think that's got Sundown and Carefree Highway on it. Uh, another album is called If You Could Read My Mind. Um, those two albums are both great, and uh, I'm listening to a new album which came out around that same time. Sundown came, or If You Could Read My Mind came out in 1970. Sundown came out in 1974, and there's an, he put out a few albums in between, one of them called uh, Old Dan's Records, and of course, you know, when you listen to that, you're just like, already you're kind of like, what's this, uh, what's this album going to be about? Old Dan's Records? It's great. Music's great. I, I may like it better than If You Could Read My Mind. Sundown's mm-hmm. true. But if you're a fan of the greatest hits, look into his albums, because uh, they're also real, seven, his 70s albums. Yeah, oh. it's, it's like what I said. You have that, you have all those greatest hits on it. Then you have this other greatest hits. Maybe it was like the ones that were big in Canada. Yeah, it could be. But that album's all good, too. He, he Gordon goes deep. He wrote great songs. Yeah. And ignore Jagoff Robert Criscow. And, and he doesn't he, like, of course not. He doesn't like Gordon Lightfoot. Of course not. I'm not even going to read it because it's infuriating. <laughs> Period. All right, number 272, Brad Underwood will be receiving this. I don't have a copy of it. Gotcha. I had it on vinyl. <laughs> and then I told Ron Ron to... Famous Ron Ron. Hang on to the CD for me. But he said, a man with a surfboard and glasses talking in a high-pitched voice that sounded like Alex knocked him over <laughs> accidentally, supposedly. And he, he got up, he was gone, and the CD was gone too. Alex uh, is a chaos agent. I think we've known that where Alex goes, there's uh, disorder and just a lot of questions that follow. Well, Ron Ron's a little shook up, just so you know. Or Ron Ron. I'll send him a, um, I'll send him a Starbucks gift card. Okay, good, good. That will, uh, over that will make up for the the damage, the un, the unintentional damage. I don't, Alex, <laughs> I don't know why he's talking in a high-pitched voice now, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> Alex has his own uh, issues. And, uh, Well-documented. On only the spot, a, yeah. uh, uh, an eccentric mind that you understand. So sure there's an explanation for it. Darn to find yes, it. It's called LSD. <laughs> well, this is number 272. It's Running in the Family, level 42. Oh, this album is outstanding. Came out in 1987. Looking back, it's so bizarre. It runs in the family. All the things we are on the backseat of the car with Joseph and Emily. We only see so far and we all have our daddy's eyes. And we all have daddy's eyes. So they were really big in England, but this this one and the one before it, they at least had one top ten hit off each of them. They had something about you in the previous album called World Machine, another great album. And this one, well, Lessons in Love was top ten. It was number twelve, hit number twelve. But there's other good songs. Well, that the song I quoted, Running in the Family, that's a title cut. Fashion Fever, great song. Children say it's over. This was their seventh album. Yep. It 
hit number, this one did pretty well, hit number 23 on the charts in the U.S. But they're more of a England band who, who just had this little moment of a couple of years in the U.S. where they did pretty well. But this is a great album. If you haven't heard it, give it a listen. Running in the Family, level 42. I, the only thing that I will say is that, uh, um, the only thing that I will say is that uh, level 42, um, if you're not familiar with their discography, check it out. Because to me, they have, I, yeah, yeah, they have like seven albums total, <clears throat> maybe eight. And the first two are like, okay, but then they really hit their stride. They've got a lot of really great albums, great songs. Yeah, they're all on the lines of, and from the same era as groups like, like Psychedelic Furs, OMD, yeah. that kind of thing. But they're more poppy, I feel, level 42. Well, I mean, OMD's kind of poppy, kind of. True. So, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. But that same kind of Brit dance pop. Right, right. Yeah. All right, finish it up. Last one of the night, number 271. Oh. Something else by the Kinks. This was the one I got the most information on, because this this one, well, the Kinks are a pretty popular band. This came out in 1967. Mm. The old fortune teller lies dead on the floor. Nobody needs fortunes told anymore. The trainer of insects is crouched on his knees and frantically looking for runaway fleas. La la la, la la la, let's drink to the death of a clown. Love that song. The first five songs on here are great, because it goes David Watts, Death of a Clown, Two Sisters, No Return, and then Harry Rag. All great. Just great, just great. And closes out with Waterloo Sunset, one of their most famous songs. They're one of their very best. And this is, I guess this is their fifth album that was released in England. <clears throat> I guess they had the same kind of thing as the Beatles did. Sometimes their bands, their albums in England weren't the same as in America, in America. And this sold poorly because people were expecting You Really Got Me and yeah. All Day and All of the Night. And they came out with this, which is a great album, but people were like, what? <laughs> they were just confused by it. But the critics were in, in for this right away. Critics loved it. it. Got great reviews. And now in retrospect, everybody loves it. It just was a departure for them. It was. Because there's no, I don't think there's any straight up rock song, I guess. No. The lyrics are great. Great. They do different type of, different type of things on each song. It's, it's just nice. I mean, when you're a Kinks fan, all their albums are good. <laughs> I think this is my favorite one of theirs, but we're going to do a Kinks podcast pretty soon in a few weeks. I don't think I've ever listened to a Kings album and been like, Ugh. Exactly. <laughs> and have to be meh. And <laughs> They're just really consistently good band. The uh, the uh, adjective I've heard for this album, and I think it's really uh, great, is people call this album elegant. Yeah, and I really I, I love that phrase as it or that word as it applies because I think it does apply to this. It's not like you're right. It's not like straight up rock like they had been doing, but they made like a kind of an elegant British pop music. I mean, pop music is a, a dirty word, but uh, there's nothing wrong with making good solid Brit pop, power pop, as it were. I don't. <clears throat> I don't feel like it's a pop album though. I feel like it's a lot of ways I think people got surprised by too is this came out in 67. Yep. So this was the same year Sgt. Pepper came out. Yep. When people were really starting to make albums, this was the beginning of, all right, we're not just going to collect songs anymore. Right. To try to do something here. And I think that's what they did. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it a theme album or a concept album, but the lyrics are so great. And you right. could tell they were really trying to make something different, which and is why it's such a, 
a, a critic, critical favorite. And I think what's interesting too is that they were kind of into this whole kind of like, instead of like the Beatles and other, their contemporaries were doing all the psychedelia things, you know, and trying to be futuristic and explore your mind and free your mind and all that stuff. The Kinks albums are very backwards looking. There's a heavy, like this album and also the Village Green, Kinks are the Village Green Preservation Society. They all talk about like old times and British life that was, but is no longer. And which is interesting to me. Um, Plus I feel like Death of Clowns about, I feel like it's about a failed circus almost. Yeah. Another great song on there is Situation Vacant. Mm -hmm. After Waterloo, Sunset, a Situation Vacant might be my second favorite. And then David Watts. I love David Watts. I love David Watts. It's just, yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. That's, that's it for mine for this week. Good one. Good, good records. Pick up that Level 42 and Gordon Lightfoot. Those are excellent choices as well as something else by the Kinks uh, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, well, we want to thank everyone for listening to another... Keep this little mama satisfied. <laughs> Len is going to go jam out to the Kinks and... Uh, he went and bought the weekly classified. Yes, give us a uh, show topic idea and we'll... All for peace and quiet's sake. We want to thank everyone for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.